Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Colossal Soprano. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award-winning play-by-play man Dan Dibley and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, you don't get much more of a pregame show than that, Rick Tittle. And you know what? It's time. It is time for another edition of Golasso Supremo Go. Hey, Golasso. Go. Coupe de Mont, le Francais, la belle France. A feminine, I believe. Mm. Uh, the Women's World Cup, it is upon us. And we are now reaching the series stages. Of course, we'll kick that around Copa de Oro go <laughs> USA men looking good a clear mm-hmm. path to what should be the final we can't get ahead of ourselves yet yeah. with the dangerous Curacao potentially yeah. looming their but, group uh, was I think Pinal Valley High School Martinique and uh, the Colorado School of the Mines it was the group of sleep not the group of death <laughs> the group of, of nap maybe is more appropriate we'll yes. touch on some some transfer news as the Premier League transfer season never seems to wane, including what could be could be great news for Tottenham on the horizon with a possible midfielder coming from league, not League Two, but League One. So we'll get into that. Okay. Story time with Uncle Rick, of course, mm. lies ahead, and uh, sure. we will have to get political with uh, Donald Trump injecting himself into the soccer world. But first, we start, Rick, with one of my favorite stages, no matter what the tournament is, the quarterfinal stage. We have arrived in the Women's World Cup. Before we go match by match, what do you think of where we sit with these eight teams remaining for the women to determine the next World Cup champion? Well, I, you know, there's been a lot of drama. VAR has come into it huge. I think if you look especially at the uh, England-Cameroon game, uh, both times VAR was correct. But I also understand that Cameroon had a beautiful goal and it was offsides. I've just never seen a team that started crying and felt like quitting. And they went over there and a couple of them said, yeah, just let's just forget this. They thought it was maybe racist or they're a big country and we're not. The coach said, you represent your country, get back out there. And then afterwards, Phil Neville, who I can't believe is a coach, he said, if any of my players did that, I'd never pick them again. So VAR, it was supposed to make players feel better. And I guess all it does is make players feel worse. Especially when you see some of those reversals. And, you know, the offside one, you're going to have to walk me through it because I've seen the replay and I still don't understand what the call was. If it's offside against the player who's coming back from an offside position, she never involved herself in any way in the play. And the other player, by my eye, was onside. So that one, to me, felt a little shambolic. Well, I think what that was, I don't think the announcers got that right. I think it was the heel of the the original person was offsides. But then you start getting into the whole thing about why do we have instant replay in baseball to see if there's a home run or not. Not to see if a guy's safe at first on a bang-bang play. Right. 
Well, in the NHL, there's three rules that they're going to change because of the Sharks. The hand pass, which couldn't be reviewed. Landis Gog had his foot on the blue line. A, a major that wasn't a major. There's always something going on, Dan. And the more you get replay involved, it doesn't necessarily mean that you you necessarily get more calls right. You just have more of a scrutiny, and you have more of a of, of a sense that they're trying to get it right. But again, with VAR, you don't always get it right. And I'll take you to the USA match, the second penalty that was awarded. You look at that on video, and it was the most microscopic of touches, and the U.S. player appears to keep her balance for two more steps and then goes down. That one felt to me to be a little bit of a soft penal. That one did. Um, when you have your hand out in the box, not in a natural position, especially if you're Musa Sissoko in the Champions League final pointing at something for some stupid reason, I think that is a penalty just on the principle of the thing. But yeah, I, I'm with you, you know, and, and the USA player said, look, I got kicked in the shin. I felt it. I went down. Um, I, I just think that a penalty kick is the most harsh of awards. Like if you look at the kick on the six yard box by England over Cameroon, that was from an illegal back pass, which I haven't seen since I think the 1999 Bundesliga championship, Bayern Munich and Hamburg that I think you're, I think you'd be better off just giving an indirect free kick from the six yard box. It seems like such a harsh thing to give. If you're 20 yards away from the goal and it scrapes your hand, now you get a free shot. It's just weird. That's why I've advocated moving the penalty spot back to the 18-yard box. It, it becomes much more of a fair fight for the goalkeeper, yet it would allow officials to be a little bit more diligent on such things as the demolition derby, Pinky Tuscadero in the box every single corner kick when you've, you know, late in the match, you've got seven mm. on seven, and it's basically a wrestling match. You could actually call some of these legitimately as fouls, penalties, but from the 18, and it wouldn't be such a huge sway in a match. I wonder how many people know that's Fonzie's girlfriend, but I think you have to be our age. And, of course, Leather, her younger sister. <laughs> Not bad. As we go deep inside the Tuscadero uh, absolutely. Uh, family tree. Um, when, uh, it's funny, when you're at the penalty spot, 36 feet away, you feel like you're a mile from the goal. And then when you're the goalie, you feel like the guy's right in front of you. It feels like what it must be like to hit against Randy Johnson, the big yeah. unit. Well, right. It's like when you pitch, you're like, wait, home plate's way over there. Yeah. And then when you're in the box, you're like, the guy's right in front of me. <laughs> Throwing aspirin at you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Norway, England, the first quarter final. That is coming your way tomorrow. Pretty good final eight, by the way. Shout out to Japan and a gutsy, gutsy effort against the Dutch. But uh, Norway, England... Pretty evenly matched here. England's got to be considered the favorite, though. It's funny. Pedigree-wise, Norway would be the team. But, yeah, England's got some exciting young players. And their league uh, in the Premier League, uh, the Ladies League, has uh, uh, gotten a lot of foreign transfers. So they have a better league now. And a lot of those Norwegian players play in England. So I think you're right. I think England has the edge there. Steph Houghton, though, is uh, doubtful for England at the back. Then we turn our attention chronologically to... Friday, which should be a fun one, the United States against host France. The U.S. scoring twice from the spot. Megan Rapino, who had an exchange with Donald Trump, we'll get into here later in the podcast, yeah. scoring twice from the spot, but no goals from the run of play, Rick, against a French team, obviously with home crowd momentum and a pretty well-established side as well. I'll say this. Um, I think Alex Morgan got kicked in the back 20 times, she said, and it was rough and tumble. And, hey, it's the World Cup. Spain had to do what they had to do. I'll tell you what about Alicia Nair and, who was it, Sauerbrunn, that moment of madness that gave Spain a goal. 
That's all it takes sometimes. One boneheaded play. I think about Italian 90. The Italians were at home. They gave up one goal the entire World Cup, and that was that Claudio Canigia goal against Argentina. Walter Zenga came out. I thought you had it, and now they're out of the World Cup. So that didn't cost them. Um, this is a great matchup because France is at home, obviously. Um, the last time these two played uh, was in uh, Germany in the semifinals two World Cups ago. USA beat them 3-1. Uh, this is only France's fourth World Cup. Like a lot of these European teams, they didn't really embrace it uh, in the beginning uh, south of Uland, uh, I would say, in Denmark. But um, they've, they've got uh, a couple of centurions on their team, uh, Les Hommes or Le Summer. Yeah. She uh, can score. They've got... Um, Diani. Diani has also got a great score. they got the kid Gauvin. And then uh, Amandie Henri, the captain. Henri. Yes. What a great name for French soccer. And uh, Elise Bouzalli with like 175 caps. And then their goalie has 193 caps. That, of course, is the great Zara Bouhadi if she plays as well. Now she played great in the round of 16. And yes. again, when it comes down to a number of chances, the United States had its way with Thailand. But as the opponents have gotten more difficult the number of quality chances has gone down. Saturday should be a good one in the third quarterfinal. Italy and the Dutch. I'm sure you were watching the Dutch yesterday. Absolutely survive. Nippon. Nippon. <laughs> Nippon. Or, Japan outplayed the Dutch, yet the Netherlands survives to face Italy on Saturday. Remember in the original rollerball, Umbaye, Tokyo. Umbaye, Tokyo. Umbaye, Tokyo. <laughs> if only they could see the dance that accompanied that. Trust me, it was hilarious. That was, of course, the great Jonathan E. Yes. Played for the energy team of Houston. Thank you. The only time I've ever rooted for Houston. Is in rollerball. Yeah. It makes perfect Especially sense. Especially over though. New York. Yeah, those bastards. Italy, Netherlands, Rick, <laughs> as we uh, come somewhere back toward the corner flag. Yes. Uh, nice. Um, really kind of an up for grabs. Neither team that established, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to act like I've, I'm Mel Kuyper on these two teams, but I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, total football and the Dutch. The final uh, quarterfinal one I know that you're a little bit closer to is the Germans. Fraulein, the Fraulein. <laughs> the thing of... Three or four, four, two of Fraulein. Dimashen and Mädchen, das alle Mannschaft, ja. Is that what it is? Die ganze, die, die ganze Mannschaft ist das schöne Mädchen. Zimmer, uh, uh, immer und Zimmer auch. Uma and Zimmer. <laughs> Uma Thurman and her the, uncle. The, 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 the beautiful, talented, great team that is the German. And they are fantastic mm -hmm. up against a Swedish team that plays beautiful soccer and has a lot of quality in it that's got to be something that concerns you on sunday that is like a red Sox yankees set i mean you just pick your poison and it's going to be that uh the the winners there i mean i think the four teams that have a chance to win are france usa sweden and germany so england is a dark horse but those are the four so it's pretty cool you're going to have two very good teams go out at this point. And then two of those teams, the the two that win, France, USA, Germany, or Sweden, would have the inside track, would be favored in a semifinal, which would lead up to a great final, which, of course, is uh, July 7th, Stade de Lyon, which makes us turn our attention to the club in Lyon and what appears to be possibly some good news for Tottenham. The headline is... Doo -doo 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 as I rip off the ticker tape here, mm -hmm. Tangi Dombele could be set to transfer into Tottenham for about 80 million pounds. How big would this be for the Spurs to get a player of this 
quality. Well, I love the facts. I love the fact that uh, he plays for France. I love the fact that you know he's a great player for Olympique and all that. But on the other hand, they have a guy like that right now named Victor Wanyama. They have another guy like that named Musa Sissoko. They have another guy like that named Eric Dyer. He's better than all those guys. So I don't want to act like the. And they're going to sell Wanyama and Dyer probably immediately once they, they'll keep Sissoko. Um, I'm more worried about how you replace a Christian Eriksen if he leaves. Now, there are some more uh, names rumored, but um, if this is the end of the spending, I'm going to be pretty upset. But if you get a younger, better version of Wanyama, he's more lithe and wiry. Wanyama's built like a fire hydrant. He's a much better passer of the ball. He's relentless with possession as well. So I like this guy. But this isn't the end of our problems. And certainly the problems could rear their ugly head in the Premier League. This actually isn't breaking. It's from about four days ago. But Christian Eriksen possibly staying in the Premier League after his dream transfer to Real Madrid has fallen through. Manchester United, a possible destination. How much of a, of a dagger would that be for you to see him go and play for Man U? See, I, I'm going to jinx it now, but I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell of that happening. Um, even five years ago, I would have said, yeah, that's going to be a done deal. Uh, he loves Pochettino. He loves London. He loves the new stadium. He loves his teammates. He loves where they're going. They were the second best team in Europe last year, if you want to just take it on Champions League standings. Um, Man United has a lot of work to do. Now, if he's still enamored from his childhood days of playing for Manchester United, I'll understand it. But I think he's leaving a better situation. Now, then again, you know, it's like, well, why would KD leave? It's like, well, because he wants to change. Why did Panda leave? Well, he wants to change. Sometimes that's just the way it is. I don't think it'll happen. If it would happen, it would have been Real Madrid. He says, quote, I have the wildest and deepest respect for everything that has happened in Tottenham, nor will it be negative, but I have also said that I would like to try something new. I mm -hmm. hope there will be a clarification during the summer that's the plan in football. You do not know when a clarification comes. It can happen anytime. Everyone wants it best if it happens as soon as possible. But I'm in football takes things time. Things take time. <laughs> right. I'm just reading it, which is sure. why I'm halting yes. and sputtering toward the end. That's so right. basically, he wants out. Well, it's, if it's change for the sake of change, that's how you end up with stupid presidents. I mean, you don't. You want to make sure the change is beneficial. Uh, speaking of presidents, Rick, and not to judge this one as stupid or smart, but he has weighed in on the Women's World Cup. Megan Rapino, this, by the way, of Glossa Supremo, Dan Dibley and Rick Tittle, as we uh, give the sponsors a chance to identify themselves. <laughs> and I guess we're moving on quickly. Brought to you by Tang. <laughs> Brought to you by <laughs> Liquid Lunch in about 22 minutes. Right. The president has weighed in. Megan Rapino, the, the star player for the United States, the team captain, when asked about a possible trip to the White House, should they win the World Cup, says she's not going to the effing White House. And I know it's a podcast and I can swear, but I choose not to. Mm -hmm. The president responding saying, well, you know, she said they probably wouldn't be invited. The president responded and said, well, win or lose, you're all invited. And he went on to run some more of his material. What do you think of a possible controversy as it pertains to Visiting the White House, not visiting the White House, and this whole idea. Well, unfortunately, it's it's kind of an antiquated thing, this whole visiting the White House thing, because it's become a political football double entendre intended. Um, you know, it's funny. As I was leaving game six of the finals, and I'm walking out, and Steph Curry is in front of me, and he's going really slow, 
I'm trying to get by him. And I found out later I was on video because he was FaceTiming Drake. It used to be Reagan would call you in the locker room. Now you FaceTime Drake. You were right there when that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what the hell was going on. But this whole thing about him being invited to the White House and now, well, did you vote for the guy? Do you like his policies or her policies? Whatever it is. Listen, Megan Rapinoe um, has been out for a while. She's very outspoken. She, she dyes her hair uh, pink, just to let everybody know. You know, she's very proud of who she is. Um, they've women have gone through a lot with the whole equal pay thing and the league almost dissolving. So I'm not surprised that she would say that. And she also <laughs> has uh, protested the national anthem, previously kneeling before the team, passed a rule that said you had to stand, and now some criticize her for not mouthing the words and putting her hand over her heart like her teammates, so that's out there as well. She's the, a NorCal gal. Yes. Yeah. She says, quote, I'm not going to the effing White House. No, I'm not going. We're not going to be invited. I doubt it. And our president, uh, President Donald J. Trump, says, women's player just stated she's not going to the effing White House if we win. I, I can't do it much more than that. But <laughs> I can't do it, Trump, either. Yeah. It's, I'm not feeling it right now. It doesn't seem that hard. Yeah. No. Other than the NBA, which now refuses to call owners, owners, please explain that. I just got a criminal justice reform passed, by uh, the way. Felix Unger. Getting a little bit better there. In our country's history, blah, blah, blah. He says, I am a big fan of the American team and women's soccer, but Megan should win, all caps, and those are in all yeah, caps, by the way. a lot of exclamation points. First, before she talks, all caps, finish the job, exclam. We haven't yet invited Megan or the team, but I am now inviting the team, all caps, win or lose, Megan should never disrespect our country, the White House, or our flag. Da, 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 da. P.S. The U.S. is doing great. By the way, Megan Rapinoe also uh, had some headlines before that by saying that this game against France is going to be an a S show. And she said, bring it on. So, careful what you wish for. It is going to be an S show. And it's here. And it's in Paris and uh, mm -hmm. already sold out. And I wouldn't want anyone other than Megan Rapinoe to lead the team out there on the field right. with the way she plays the game. Veteran player, gutsy, plays hard for 90 minutes. She's absolutely what you would want. If our men's team had 11 male Megan Rapinos, yeah. they wouldn't have to worry about gutting it out against Trinidad and or Tobago. Best two-footed player I think we've ever produced, male or female. And the funny thing is people ask why Alex Morgan wasn't taking the penalties because she usually does. And she was being beaten to a pulp. And as I said... This is the World Cup. I don't blame Spain for kicking her in the shins. Uh, Gary Lineker used to say after every match, he was black and blue from getting kicked. That's just soccer, and this is for the World Cup, and it's a knockout game. Yes, and you would expect France to largely approach it the same because when you look at the American side and who can beat you, you've got Tobin Heath with great speed down the wing, Alex Morgan's ability to finish from inside the final third with her head, with her knee, with her foot, so she must be marked closely. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, by the way, Carly Lloyd, however they want to utilize her, whether she gets a full 90 this time or not, there's weapons all over the place. Storming up the midfield, yeah. I think, you know, it's funny when I think about the French, probably the dirtiest French player ever was a guy named Louis Fernandez, 82 and 86 World Cup. He didn't never wore shin guards. And what he would do, he had bare legs. He'd walk up behind you and he'd kick you right in the butt. And you'd turn around mad, and he'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me, moi, s'il vous plaît. And he'd have a big smile, and then he would like, you know how they hold the back of your neck? Right. Like your firstborn yeah. and you're a complete stranger? 
And he would do that over and over again. He'd do the most <laughs> horrifying foul, and he'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. So we might see a lot of Louis Fernandez out there. Not bad. It's Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, and Dan Dibley. Story time with Uncle Rick coming up here very, very shortly. But I did want to get some thoughts on the Gold Cup as it, as it sits. In a general sense, when I say the Gold Cup, does it give you a certain tingle or is it just kind of a shrug and uh, a Belichick, we're on to Cincinnati? It, it used to because after the 40-year layoff and that shot heard around the world by Paul Calagiri at Port of Spain, put us in Italian 90, and Bob Gansler just took this college all-star team there. So now we had been to a World Cup. What do we do from it? So I remember I told you I went to a Golden Bay um, uh, earthquake, or sorry, uh, Bay Blackhawks game at a Fremont High School where the power went out. Eric Winalda's getting into his own Honda Civic. So at the Gold Cup, we finally have a new coach, Bora Milutinovic, who teaches them to keep the ball on the floor. He starts taking people who can get a passport or can qualify, like guys like Tomas Dooley and Gene Harbour and Roy Wagerly. And now you've got England coming in. And when we beat England in at Foxborough, one nothing, and I just was over the moon. That great goal by Tab Ramos. Um, sorry, that was the U.S. Cup where they beat England. The Gold Cup, the, the goal by Ramos over Mexico. To win both those tournaments, uh, now I look at the Gold Cup and I'm like, yeah, okay. But at that time, because we were such nobodies after 40 years of no World Cup, it was a huge thing. And is the Gold Cup largely the same, comprised of the same pool of teams as it ever has been? Because it just seems to me, when you look at the field and you see a Guyana team that's largely overmatched, and I know Curaçao has advanced, but not known as a soccer power, mm. is our region this thin to where yes. these like so many teams that you would normally see featured or doing well either aren't here or aren't doing well. This is a fishbowl with two sharks, and this is why not qualifying for the World Cup out of CONCACAF is an abject joke. It's Mexico and the U.S., and that's it. And we need each other. I got a chance last week to interview uh, Moises Munoz, who was the goalkeeper from Mexico, and we were talking about that exact thing. It just, it, it, we make each other better. And so... Um, when you have teams, and the Gold Cup, of course, is every two years, too, so it's not as important than something that's every four years. But, uh, yeah, this is CONCACAF. It is an absolute joke region that you have to qualify from. Mexico and Canada are through out of Group A. It's going to be Haiti and Costa Rica in Group B. Group C, Jamaica, Curacao with a stoppage time equalizer <laughs> to go through. El Salvador and uh, Los Catrachos, Anduro will be on the sideline as Jamaica and Curacao go through. USA, Panama, uh, today, in fact, uh, by the time this pod drops, that game will be underway. Mm -hmm. Just your quick thoughts on USA, Panama. Is it at all important to win this one? You win, you play Curacao in the next round, you lose, you do have to go up against Jamaica. Well, I still have nightmares about losing in Panama and qualifying. So this will not right the wrong, but it might make the nightmares be every other day if they can win that. So yes, it is. it sounds stupid, but USA took 12 steps backwards. They need to take one of those steps forward by beating Panama. And then hopefully getting to a point where they can take on another good team in the tournament, whether it's Mexico or perhaps they end up facing Costa Rica mm -hmm. in the next in the semifinal. If they continue to advance and win a tournament like this with a younger group of players, 
many getting their first international exposure at this level at a healthy dose other than friendlies you know you're seeing Nick Lima and others really step mm-hmm. up and possibly be a fabric of the team that's going to look to qualify in a year and I like the fact that there are three new goalies too if I saw Brad Guzon or Tim Howard play another game I'd probably jump out this window no Nick Romando we can't get we can't <laughs> I think get he's Nick my age <laughs> and he's five seven. Oh, it's a shot Golasso Supremo <laughs> Rick Tittle Dan Dibley here about five or so minutes to go here in our usual span. I do want to get a story from you before we uh, we wrap it up here on Golasso Supremo. What do you got for us, Uncle Ricky? Well, um, I was thinking about uh, story time for um, uh, just when I think about going over to these these different countries and these different cultures, and it's the one sport that brings the world together more than any other sport. We know that. There are a lot of sports that people can understand without rules like um, combat sports, everyone knows what fighting is. Automobile racing, everybody gets that. But soccer is basically the one that you don't. Have, you can roll a ball out anywhere in the world and play. And so I was thinking about all the cool places that I've got to play some soccer over the years. I talked about playing indoors in Germany one time. I got to be, I got to play a pickup game in Denmark on the island of Fun, which was great. And the field was made of ash, if you can believe that. Wow. It was like three inches deep of like fireplace ash. I don't know whose idea that was. Maybe it was Satan's, but it was a stupid idea. I also got to play in uh, Germany on a Bundesliga B field in Paderborn. Awesome. A team that was famous for being on the take later. But I think my favorite moment was um, I got to play in this uh, tournament with the police. I was coaching football to the police department. Now, they also had a soccer team. So they decided one day to have a penalty kick shootout tournament. Now, I'm going to toot my own horn here. So... There were about 50 guys, and I had my football cleats on, but I said, can I go in it? So what it was was everybody got, and you had the starting goalie who tried to save everything. Everybody got one shot. If you missed, you were out. If you made it, you got back in line. So I made eight in a row, and it was down to me and one other guy, and I thought, my American butt is going to come in here and win the penalty kick shootout. It scraped the bar. The other guy, so story of my life, I came in second. But the thing I loved about that was, was it's just, you didn't have to tell me what to do. We all know the game. This is why I love this game so much. Right. It's just, we all get it, you know? You didn't have to wonder where to kick from, right. what the rules are. Can exactly. the goalie use his hands? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> There's no ground rules, you know? Right. It's put the ball down and see if you can right. beat the one guy. Right. So yeah. just it's just a little love letter to the beauty of soccer and to show that I was pretty good at penalty kicks. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a story from Uncle Ricky. Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley here as well. Let's do some predictions here because we got four quarterfinal matches before we mm-hmm. meet again. Norway, England. England. France, USA. USA. Italy, Netherlands. Netherlands. Germany, Sweden. Deutsche Mannschaft. I love, I love it. I will take Norway. Uh, Not bad. I'm going to take France okay. in the upset. I'm well, they're say, at home. Yeah. Look what France did 98 with the men. I'm going with the Dutch, and uh, just on principle, I got to take the Swedes. So okay. the only one we're in lockstep on is the Dutch. Okay. And we will talk next week, and uh, there will be gloating. There will be sadness and shame for the loser, and uh, hopefully we will part as friends. And until that time, we will cry ourselves to sleep in the fetal position as we do in between every episode of Golasa Supreme. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.